Hello and welcome to the Glacier Valley Church of God. Today's podcast was recorded live on Sunday before a full church. If there's anything we can do to bless you, to pray for you, please contact us at 907-789-3605. Glacier Valley Church of God, a place of hope, a place of healing. today. We have some visitors today. Ushers, let's make sure that we recognize our visitors and uh, make sure we get a little card to them and say thank you for coming today. We appreciate that. And uh, anybody notice anything different on stage? Yeah, looks good, right? Looks really good, right? It's a different jacket that I'm wearing. No. <laughs> I caught you guys, didn't I? No, it's, uh, it's the, uh, the new carpet. Looks good, doesn't it? And uh, they were here all week, and uh, I want to thank Nick. Nick came in Friday night right after work. He helped us to put the wires back because um, uh, I said, Nick, I can do it. He goes, no, Pastor, please. <laughs> don't, don't do that. Let me do it. And uh, I'm going to say I'm going to mess things up if I can. And so we just want to say thank you for the carpet being done. Uh, I don't have a date when this carpet will be done, uh, but we're going to be doing this carpet. We're going to be uh, doing out here. and We're also going to be doing downstairs as well. And so uh, we're really excited about that. Some other things that we have coming is we're going to be remodeling the bathrooms. We've been talking about that for a couple years. And so we're going to be doing that. Uh, we're also going to be remodeling this backstage right here, just kind of updating that. And I know it's changes, but some, you know, we need to change. We need to evolve, right? We don't wear clothes from the 70s, right? Now, I'm, I'm not saying anything bad, but I'm saying we just update, right? Although someone told me my jacket was very 70s today. And <laughs> I thought, hey, sometimes you got to go retro, right? That's okay. That's all right. But I am just so glad that you're here. Uh, we have children's church this morning. So all of our kids, stand up. All of our kids, stand up. Okay, don't stand up. That's fine. <laughs> it's okay. All right, so uh, Cheyenne, will you go down and kind of, you're going to have to stand up, Cheyenne, so people can see you. Oh, you are standing up. I'm sorry. Okay, my bad. My bad. Yeah. Appreciate Cheyenne so much and the workers that are there for our children's church. Man, look at all the kids go. Isn't that great? Man, we love our kids. Love our kids. They're going to have so much fun down there. They can have all the candy that they want. Yes. So they go home with mom and dad all hyped up and everything, right? Amen. I, I got my start in children's ministry, and uh, it was a lot of fun. And if you ever want to be a part of that ministry, just let us know. We would enjoy that for you. Amen. I uh, had a wonderful men's breakfast yesterday. If you're not coming to that, we want to, just want to encourage you to come to that. Uh, we were at Donna's, just really enjoyed ourselves, and the women had a function yesterday, just really enjoyed that to my understanding. And so we have things at this church that you can get involved with, amen? And we always want you to be involved. You can be involved as, as much as you want to be, or not at all. It's up to you. We, but we want you to be involved, because there's something about fellowship. There's something about fellowship and getting together and, uh, and, and seeing people's faces. And some, I can't see some of your faces uh, because of the mask, and that's okay. There's no problem with that. Uh, but we just appreciate you being here and love you being here. And, and uh, you know, 
whether you wear a mask or not, it doesn't matter. We're in the house of God. Amen. And I appreciate you being here. Amen. Praise God. Let's start off with a word of prayer. Father, I thank you, Lord. I thank you, God, for what you're going to do today. God, you're going to deliver somebody today. You're going to deliver somebody today, Lord. God, I believe, God, that you're going to deliver someone from drugs and alcohol, that you're going to deliver someone from demonic oppression. Father, I believe that you're going to deliver someone from depression. God, you're going to deliver someone from the things of their past, the hurt and the trauma that they've gone through, because, God, you are a deliverer. God, I believe that you're going to provide signs and wonders today, Lord. But even if you do none of those things, we're still going to worship you and we're still going to praise you because you deserve it because you are God. We honor you, Lord. We thank you. In your name I pray. Amen. I want to also just give honor while honor is due. I just really enjoyed my daughter leading praise and worship this morning. It takes a lot for her to do that. And uh, Jaden and Sierra singing with her and Mary. Thank you guys. I just was really exciting to see and uh, how about that drummer? Boy, I tell you what. <laughs> you, can be, you can be cool, or you can have the pastor's wife playing drums in church cool. And no. So uh, I just think that's awesome. That's just me. And, and she hates it when I talk about this. So I want to talk about it a little bit more uh, because uh, I love getting in trouble and then getting back out of it. That's what I do for a living. Amen. <laughs> Amen. I want you to look at somebody right now, and I want you to say, I am delivered. All right, so some of you said it, right? And, I, and, and, and some of you just said it because I told you to say it. And some of you had that passion, like you were like, in that person's face, I am delivered, right? All right, and, and so hopefully you brushed your teeth this morning when you said that, okay? But I want you to say it now with some passion. Now, I've been accused sometimes, you know, because us pastors are like that. Oh, pastor, you're just getting people stirred up. Well, yes, that's part of my job. Amen? That's part of my job. You know, whenever the general would go out before the troops, he would give this inspiring message, and he was never quiet about it. Because, you know, if he was like, okay, now you guys are okay, let's do this. Would you follow that guy? No, right? So now I'm kind of trying to encourage you, okay? I want you to say, even though you don't feel it, maybe, even though you don't see it, maybe, even though you don't understand it, maybe, I want you to say it because there's power in our words, amen? I'm not trying to get you to say something to be fake. I'm trying to get you to believe in something that is already there and accept what God has already done. Because brothers and sisters in the house today, I want you to know that you are delivered. Amen. I want you to know you are delivered because hear me when I say this, my God delivers. Let's go ahead and put up that slide if we can. My God delivers. I want you to say that with me. My God delivers. Now, see, I'm about ready to run around the church right now, and I don't know if I'm going to be the only one, but I might be, because I know what God has done in my life, and I want to tell you, today is the day of deliverance for somebody. Today is the day of deliverance for somebody in the house of God today. We don't have to walk around with our heads held down. We don't have to walk around with shame and grief and all those things that we encounter in our lives because we have been delivered. Praise God. God has delivered us. He is the deliverer. Come on now. 
So now, I want you to think about there for a second. You say, wait a minute, Pastor. God hasn't delivered me. I'm still going through something. This is only a moment in time. Eternity has yet to come. And if you only think about the moment, you won't be delivered, but by your own choosing. Amen? God has delivered you. You just have to accept it. You have to believe it. And I declare, and I said, I'm going to hear me when I say this. I declare, I affirm, I prophesy, today is the day of deliverance. So let's try it one more time. Okay, you ready? Let's say it one more time to each other. I am delivered. Now, before you do it, before you do it, some of you are like ready to do it. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> Don't you hate it when somebody drags something out? I want you to look at each other. And I want you to think about what has God done for you? Are you awake this morning? Right? Have you died? Do you have clothes on? Thank God. <laughs> Thank God you have clothes on. This would be really awkward if you didn't. Very awkward, right? You have clothes on? You had a way to get here. For some of you, it was a challenge. For some of you, you had to push through, but you're here. Praise God, and I'm so glad that you are. So God has delivered you. Amen? So I want you to look at your neighbor again, and I want you to say with your whole heart, I don't care how loud you are. That's not the point. But with your heart, whole heart, say, I am delivered. I am delivered. <laughs> Amen. You know, in, 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 olden days, in olden days, when they would go to a battle, the soldiers never were quiet. They would always yell out a scream ahead of time because it got them pumped up, you know? You know, we need to scream at the devil. We need to let him know that we're not dead, amen? The devil loves a dead church. The devil loves a people that are beaten down and defeated. The devil loves a church that doesn't lift up their voices. The devil loves a church that has no faith anymore because they're tired. Anybody in the room tired today? We're all tired, praise God. But I'm going to tell you, there's a God that gives strength. There's a God that lifts up. There's a God that gives joy in the morning. There is a God that will take care of you in your darkest moments. There is a God that will laugh with you, that will love you, that will cry with you. There is a God this morning that delivers. Amen. I'm about to preach this morning, guys. 2 Timothy 4, verses 17 and 18, he says, But the Lord stood with me. Oh, man, I could preach right there. I could stay right there. You ever felt alone? You ever felt like nobody cares? You ever felt like that you were this the darkest moment in your life? It's not true. The devil's lying to you because the Lord stands with you. Amen. The Lord stands with you. Having done all to stand, stand therefore. The Lord. Oh man. <laughs> Praise God. Hallelujah. I gotta be honest with you, I needed that. Whew. But the Lord stood with me and strengthened me so that the message might be preached fully through me. And that all the Gentiles might hear. Also, I was delivered out of the mouth of the lion. And the Lord will deliver me from every evil work 
and preserve me for his heavenly kingdom. To him be glory forever and ever. Amen. Whatever you're going through today, the Lord will deliver you. Amen. Because he has a plan for your life. He wants you to go to heaven. He doesn't want you to go to hell. No matter what you're going through, the Lord will see you through it. He will get you through. He will walk you through. If you have to crawl, he'll crawl with you. If you have to limp, he'll limp with you. But the Lord will be with you. Amen. He will get you through. He will strengthen you. My wife and I were talking yesterday, and it just seems through these things that we've been through the past few years, I'm not going to give the devil any credit. I'm so sick of this pandemic. I don't even want to talk about it anymore. But people are tired. Amen. They're watching the news. They're tired of the political fighting. They're tired of the government. They're tired of things costing so much now. They're tired of everything, and they're weak, and they're tired, and they want to give up. Brothers and sisters, now is not the time to give up. Now is the time to press forward, amen? Now is the time to stand. Now is the time to move like the church should move. Hallelujah. Someone told me the other day that the church missed this great opportunity during the pandemic. We could have been more instead of, instead we complained like everyone else. I'm going to tell you something. We haven't missed anything. This church, this church, I'm so proud of you. You came during the pandemic. You prayed during the pandemic. You witnessed during the pandemic. You have stood strong. And now maybe you're tired. Now maybe you're ready to give up. There's been some who have given up. But I'm telling you today, don't give up. Don't give up. Don't give up. Press on. Keep going because the Lord will get you through it. He is your deliverer this morning. For some of you, maybe if you turned to drugs and alcohol, maybe if you turned to sex outside of marriage, maybe you've turned to some sin, that God says he will deliver you from that today. Well, pastor, I'll go to counseling and I'll get it taken care of. Listen, I'm not against counseling. We have counseling in this church. But sometimes there is a spiritual authority that is within you that needs to be broken. The spirit of addiction, spirit of loneliness, the spirit of depression needs to be broken before you can truly be healed. God wants to do those things in your life. He wants to deliver you, amen? Because my God is a deliverer, amen? Say that with me. My God is a deliverer. Say it with me again. My God. See, we don't walk in what we see. Because if we walk in what we see, we're going to get discouraged. Amen? If we walk in what we see, we're going to lose heart. But as a Christian, we don't walk in this realm. Anybody with me there? You understand? We walk in a spiritual realm. In a spiritual realm, my God shall supply all my needs according to his riches and glory. In a spiritual realm, my God is going to take care of me. In a spiritual realm, he's going to supply my every need. Now, in a physical realm, I'm worried sick, right? But I don't walk in the physical realm. I'll walk in the spiritual realm. Too many Christians, though, are forgetting the spiritual realm and they're walking in the natural. You cannot walk in the natural. You got to walk in the spiritual. And the spiritual says that God is my provider. God is my resource. Finally, God is my deliverer. Don't look at your circumstance. Get your eyes off the natural. Don't get bogged down in what's going on in your life. If you're struggling, it's okay. If you sin, don't do it again. Listen, 
When you come to Jesus, it doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to stop sinning. But what it means is we shed that lifestyle. Amen? We shed that lifestyle. We are not that person anymore. And it doesn't mean you're going to change overnight, but what it does mean, now sometimes it does. Sometimes it means that. But what God is saying to you today, trust me. Trust me, I'm going to take care of you. See, when we speak to him about the things that bother us, it's not a sign of weakness. It's a sign of strength. When we speak to him about things that are getting us down, when we speak to things and say, Lord, we need you, it's not a sign that, that, that we can't take care of ourselves. It's a sign that we trust in the Lord. It's a sign of maturity. But the Lord says he wants us to come to him, but for some reason we have this in our mind that we don't want to go to the Lord. We can work it out on our own. That's not the way it works. He wants us to come to him like little children. Remember what he said in scripture, suffer the little children that they come into me. He wants us to come to him. But we still kind of hold that in our heart and try to work out our own problems. You know what that's called when we try to do it on our own? It's called pride. Anybody else in here have trouble with pride like I do? Yeah. See, the problem I have is I know that I'm handsome. Right? I mean, my poor wife, she's, she's, I'm, I'm tired of being the trophy husband that I am. I'm nothing but arm candy to her. I hate that. And it's a cross. Thank you, Brother David. Thank you. And, and see, somebody gets it. Somebody gets it. And, and because I know that I'm so handsome, I struggle with that being humble. <laughs> Amen. You guys are laughing way too much. <laughs> but man, we like to hold on to stuff, Right? We like to use it as this badge of honor that we're suffering. The Lord says, you don't have to suffer. I, I didn't call you to suffer like that. I didn't call you to suffer with sin. There's going to be things that we suffer with. Don't get me wrong. But I didn't call you to suffer with some addiction. I didn't call you to suffer with some thing in your life, this sin that's holding you back from me, that's separating you from me. God wants us to be near to him. God wants us to love him. He, he's, he's a jealous lover. He doesn't want anything between us and him. And that's why if you call upon him a day, he is willing to separate everything. That is, and, you know, come, the Bible talks about in Psalms 18, how he breathes through his nostrils and fire comes out of his eyes and he shoots down from heaven to come deliver us in our lives. And that's what he wants to do to you today. He wants to deliver deliver you from that thing that you're suffering with. He wants to deliver you from that issue, that challenge, that addiction, whatever it is, he wants to come into your life. Amen. He wants to come into your life. See, my, my spirit tells me there's more people suffering with depression than ever has been because of what's going on. Everybody says, I just want things to get back to normal. Can I give you a little secret? It's never going back to normal. Can I just tell you that? It's never going back to normal. You know why? Because we're in the end times. The the Lord is coming back, amen? 
And it's going to get worse, and it's going to get worse, and it's going to get worse. But guess what? If I look at my physical eyes, I'd get down. But when I look at my spiritual eyes, I say, bless God, the Lord is coming back. Bless God, he's coming for me again. Bless God, he's coming on clouds of glory. He's going to sound that trumpet. He's going to call my name. He's going to go, Keith. See, when I was young and I was out playing, back, day, back in those days, we kids used to go play outside, right? And whenever my mom would call my name, she had a very piercing voice. I love my mom, but she did. She had a very piercing voice. She, and the name Keith is not exactly soft in the ears. She'd go, Keith! And everybody would go, dude, that's your mom. I was supposed to be home 10 minutes ago, right? <laughs> but when the Lord calls my name, amen, he's not just going to call my name. He's going to call your name, too. He's going to go, Keith! And I'm going to go, let's go. I'm going to do my rapture drills right now. Amen. <laughs> Praise God. Hey, we talked about that one time at camp. We used to do rapture drills. We would jump up and down. I know it's being silly. and it is not, It's not being heretical. We'll just have a little bit of fun. Amen. But I'm telling you, the day I'm looking forward to is the day he calls me home. Amen. He's going to call us home. That's what we should be excited about. I care not about the effects of this virus. I care not about what's happening in this world. I care not about the things that are going on in our nation because I look before me, the road that is laid before me, and I know Jesus is coming back. Jesus is coming back. I don't care about what Biden's doing. Wait a minute, Pastor. You're supposed to be an American. You should care about these things. When I say I don't care about what he's doing, is I don't let it consume me. Come on. Because guess what? God put Biden in office. God did that. And if God put him in office, then God knew what was going to happen. And if God knew what was happening, he's preparing for the day for us to go back. He's preparing for us to come home, amen? And just like my mom used to call me, the Lord is going to call us home. He's going to call you by name. He, he's going to sit there, and God, the Father's going to look at his son and say, hey, go get my kids. And Jesus is going to get excited. He's going to step out in glory. He's going to blow that trumpet, and we're going to come home with him. <laughs> Praise God. Hallelujah. I don't know about you, but I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go right now. If the Lord came back right now, I wouldn't be sad about it. Amen. But pastor, what about our friends and family that are not saved? Hey, listen, I love them, but they've had plenty of time. Amen. And I'm going to preach the gospel in that time. It is time to go home. Amen. It is time to get right with the Lord. Amen. Because my God is a deliverer this morning. You don't have to suffer with addiction. You don't have to suffer from depression. You don't have to deal with grief and pain. Amen? You don't have to deal with any of those things. God says, I am here to bring you healing. I'm here to touch you. You know what we need in our lives? Can I tell you what we need? Sometimes we can get so focused on our problems that we forget that God can do anything. I like this term that is used in Scripture quite a bit. It's, but God. Can I share it with you? I want you to understand this morning that first of all, God is faithful. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 33. Let's pull that up if we can. 1 Corinthians 10, 13. 
Listen to this. No temptation. You guys know what temptation is, right? Those of you with addiction, you know what temptation is. Where that drink becomes more necessary than life itself. Now talk about addiction. Some of us in here are addicted to social media. Yes, I just stepped in it. We're addicted to Facebook. We're addicted to whatever social platform that is, and that's also causing a depression. No temptation has overtaken you, except such as is common to man. Boy, that, that's a little depressing, isn't it? Hey, whatever you're dealing with, everybody else has dealt with. It's normal. That's what Paul is saying here. But listen to what he says next. Are you ready? But God. Oh, I'm going to explain that in just a moment. But God. But God is faithful. Okay, you got to say that with me, okay? Because I want to make sure you're not asleep this morning, okay? Anybody asleep? Good. Nobody raised their hand. We're good. If you raise your hand, I was going to come back and talk to you. <laughs> I used to go to sleep in church when I was younger, too. I was like 25. Preacher was boring. Eventually, my dad got better. So anyway, oh, come on. He's not here. I can say that. <laughs> Don't tell him I said that. <laughs> that was a joke. That was a joke, okay? <laughs> oh, man. I crack myself up sometimes. All right. I know you're awake now. He really didn't get better. But anyway, <laughs> come on. Come on. It's a joke. Will, I know you're going to go tell him. I know you. <laughs> Listen to me. But God is faithful. You know that, that word, but? It's an interrupter. That's what it is. It's an interrupter. And if you study the English language, what it means is, is someone's going this way, and all of a sudden they're interrupted, and then they go this way. Oh, you guys with me? Come on now. Let's try this again. Because if somebody's not shouting, I'm worried about us, okay? That's not telling you to shout. I want you to do what the Spirit tells you to do. But come on. We're going this way. We're feeling sorry for ourselves. Oh, poor me. My Panthers are terrible. At least I don't like the Washington Commandos. What kind of name is that? I don't know. Commanders are not Commandos. I don't know. Crazy name. Oh, poor me. My life is terrible. But God. Oh, you know, the devil's attacking me. First of all, if the devil's attacking you, that means you're doing something right, okay? Or, or you're giving him permission to attack you. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to drink this or I'm going to smoke this. The devil's like, ha ha, I got him. Come on now. Oh, I'm going this way. The devil, you know, the devil. You know, forget the devil, all right? He's got no honey power unless you give it to him. But the, I'm going here, I'm going here. But God is faithful. You guys understand what I'm saying from that? God needs to come in and interrupt your life today. He needs to come in and say, but 
God. Hallelujah. He needs to come in and say, I know what you're going through, but I'm here to deliver you. I know you're sad, but God. Hallelujah. But God. But God is faithful. Who will not allow you? It's pretty powerful words. To be tempted beyond what you are able, but with the temptation also make the way of escape that you may be able to bear it. So you got a couple choices there. God's not going to put you in a situation without giving you an escape. Unless you choose not to escape. See, that's where we mess up, right? There's this little moment before you sin. Everybody knows what I'm talking about. There's this little moment before you sin, unless you've done it so much, it doesn't happen anymore. But the Holy Spirit speaks to you and says, don't do this. Doesn't he? Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't, don't do it. We have a decision at that moment. The Lord is calling us and say, don't do it. Do you, do you know why we preach against things? It's, it's not to ruin your life. I, I'm not here to ruin anybody's life. The only person's life that I've ruined is my children. Right? And that's my job as a parent is to ruin their life, apparently. You have to get a job. Dad, you ruined me. My job is not to ruin your life. My job is to protect you from getting hurt. Amen. See, I can, all I can do is just put the water there and say, come on to drink. And if you don't drink and you get dry and thirsty, all I can say is, well, I kind of told you so. Right? I, you know, I gave you the, well, but I just wanted to see for myself. Well, how's that going for you? How's that going for you? Does, did that work out for you? Or do you want to follow what the Lord says? Well, I needed to find out for myself. Well, why don't you get rid of your pride and accept what the Lord is saying today? Amen. I'm telling you, if you'll just accept what the Lord is saying, you're going to save yourself a lot of pain. Amen. You're going to save yourself a lot of pain. You don't have to give in to that addiction. You don't have to give in to that depression. And man, somebody's here is thinking about suicide. Lord, we're going to deal with this right now. Whoever it is, you're thinking about suicide. The devil is lying to you. He's saying nobody loves you. Nobody cares about you. Why don't you just end it? I'm going to tell you, that is something God would never say to you. Amen. And if you end your life, the only person that wins is the devil. I don't want anything to happen to you. I love you. Well, pastor, you don't know me. I don't have to know you. God loves you. Amen. He loves you so much that he died for you. Don't end it. Amen. I'm tired of our people ending it. Hey, man, there's so much to live for today. There's so much to live for. God has a plan for your life, and he wants to use you. He wants to bless you, but it's not going to happen unless you're willing to stand for him and walk in his grace. Amen. God has a plan for you. God, listen to me, say it to your neighbor, God is faithful. You know what else? God's a deliverer. Says so right up here. That's how I know it. Listen to this scripture, 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 8 through 11. Praise God. For we do not want you to be ignorant, brethren, of our trouble which came to us in Asia. 
Can we be real for a second? Anybody in here got trouble? Come on. Listen, if we can't be honest in church, then we got problems, don't we? Pastor, people will judge me. Don't care about those people. This is between you and God right now, okay? That's the problem with a lot of people. They're worried about what people think about them instead of what God thinks about them. Whew, that kind of stung a little bit, didn't it? If you're more worried about what someone else thinks about you than what God thinks about you, and then you got all kinds of issues we need to deal with. Today, I'm worried about God, and I want you to worry about God. Amen? We got troubles, don't we? We got trouble. Anybody else? Come on. Just, just say, yes, that's me, Pastor. I got troubles. Can I tell you something? I got troubles this morning. I got things hitting me up even from all sides. Just when I think something's done, something else pops up. It's just a day after day after day. But I'm telling you, God is a deliverer. He said we, of our trouble which came to us in Asia, that we were burdened beyond a measure, above strength, so that we despaired even of life. See, that was a point that they weren't suicidal, but they felt like it was better to die than to deal with what they were dealing with. Have you been there? All right, let's get real. You ready? Are you with me? We're going to get real, okay? Listen, you, you know me well enough that I'm not afraid to walk in the deep waters here. I'm going to say what needs to be said, because I have to stand before God. Amen? I have to stand before God. There is those here today that your strength is gone. And it took all you had just to get to church this morning. Some of you are tired, and the best you could do is to get online. And I understand that. I want you here, but I understand that. It took everything you had just to come. Hold on, because God is going to deliver you. Verse 9. Yes, we had the sentence of death in ourselves, that we should not trust in ourselves, but in God who raises the dead. Who delivered us, there's that word, who delivered us from so great a death and does deliver us. Are you hearing what I'm saying this morning, brothers and sisters? He has delivered you. He will deliver you. He's going to deliver you. Amen. That is what God does. Amen. He is the great deliverer in whom we have trust that he will deliver us still. You also helping together in prayer for us that thanks may be given by many persons on our behalf for the gift, gift granted to us through many. Brothers and sisters, it is not God's will that you go through depression. Now, I want to be careful how I say this, okay? Because I know the stigma of depression. I am not about to say that you get up here and you speak a couple lines and your depression's over and you're healed. And, although that could happen, okay? I understand that. Sometimes it means a change in our lifestyle. Sometimes maybe it means turning off the television. Sometimes it means getting rid of your social media account. Sometimes it means separating ourselves from people in our lives that feed that depression, who put you down and call you names and say bad things about you. 
It's okay to separate those people from your life for a while until you're healed. That's okay. Any therapist would tell you that. You don't have to be around that person. That person needs to change. Amen? But I'm telling you today that God wants to bring you healing. God wants to touch you. He wants to deliver you. Brothers and sisters, it is not God's will that you walk around defeated and discouraged because God says, trust me. Amen? Trust in me and I will deliver you. Trust in him. Even though you may be at the point where you feel like you're going to die. You're at the point where you feel like that nothing's going to work. You may be at the point that you feel like nothing's going right. God says, trust in me. Though you may despair to death, trust in me. Amen? Trust in him. No matter the stock market, no matter the president, no matter your job or the economy, trust in him this morning. Trust in him this morning. Let him work in your life. See, even as I'm speaking, for some of you, there's a voice that you're hearing, and there's also distractions. There's a voice that you hear this morning that says, but that doesn't apply to me because it can never work in me. Not true. Not true. The Bible says the gift of God is for everyone. Everyone. I don't care who you are. The gift of God is for everyone. Even Washington fans. Sorry, Randy. Even Pittsburgh fans. God's gift is for everybody. Amen. It doesn't matter what color you are. It doesn't matter your gender. Can I tell you something real quick? It doesn't matter if you're confused about your gender. Oh, come on now. You mean God loves the transgenders and the homosexuals? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He loves them just as much as he loves us. And I'm going to tell you a little secret, parents, just in case you didn't realize this. God also loves your teenagers. Listen, I know you want to hurt them sometimes. I get that. But God loves your teenagers and he loves your children and he loves you. Even parents, I know there's times that we feel like there were the worst failures in the world. We feel like that no matter how hard we try, our children just aren't doing what we want them to do. And you feel like that I'm never going to be right. But I'm telling you, if you will stay on your knees, God will see your children through and he will deliver them. Amen. He will deliver them. He will deliver them. And God's going to deliver you. Amen. God's going to deliver you. I praise God. I mean, I wish somebody would be more excited about this. I'm, I'm trying to get you hyped up a little bit. But God's a deliverer in the house this morning. We got you, Pastor. See, done yet? It's because of that I'm going 30 more minutes. <laughs> Finally, God is a Savior. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 1 through 4. And you, He made alive. Anybody feel dead when they walked in here this morning? Dead tired? Dead emotionally? You're not dead. You might be on life support. 
But you're alive, praise God. Nobody's pulling the plug on you. It is time for God's resurrecting power in your life. It is time for God's resurrecting power. It is time for you to shoot up out of that bed and do the work that he's called you to do. And you, he may say that with me, alive. Come on, say it with me. And you, you, he made alive. I feel like a choir director. I'm pretty good at it. I can't keep a beat like my wife does, but I can do it. And you, he made And you, he made alive. (laughs) I remember when my daughter was cheerleading, she'd be out there, and and I think Brittany was cheerleading too at that time. And they would be out there, and it was raining. Like, you know, surprise, in Juneau, it was raining, right? And they would have to wear these these, uh, outfits with... Uh, you know, nothing on their legs. Their legs were bare, and it was cold. I was up there in the stands, and I was like bundled up. And my daughter's down there going, ready? And I'm like, no, I'm not ready. <laughs> and she'd do the zis boom ba, and she would, you know, do that. <laughs> and she'd be all cheering and stuff, and she says, are you excited? We were down 58 to nothing. No, I was not excited. But she would sit there with her smile, and she'd be like, I hate this, I hate this, I hate this, but this is her. And, you know, they had to stand there in the rain while the football players liked to go in at halftime, you know. And I thought, man, these girls are athletes. I never appreciated cheerleading like I did before, right? But these girls worked hard. And they were up there ready, and they would do their cheers. You know, I don't remember them because I was too cold. But I remember that their job was to get people excited about a game that seemed like was hopeless. Man, anybody else feel that spirit come through here right now? So I'm telling you, (laughs) that if you trust in God, (laughs) you gonna come help me, babe? That if you, that's all I'm doing. (laughs) Oh man, this is on Facebook. I can just imagine what's on there right now. Nick, you want to come help me? (laughs) No? (laughs) Cassandra said you would, so I'm just saying. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Listen, I'm willing to make a fool of myself. That's fine. I don't care. But the cheerleaders, they would... They would stand there in the pouring rain and they would say, come on, let's cheer. Right now, I'm standing here acting the fool to get you to see what God has for you. In the most desperate time when it seems like nothing's going right and maybe your bills are struggling, maybe you don't know what to do, maybe your house is being foreclosed tomorrow, maybe you're being evicted, maybe you've lost your job. I don't know what it is. It doesn't matter because God said he is ready to deliver you. (laughs) 
And he made you a little better. Sometimes in our lives, we feel like when God's trying to get our attention, is trying to get a teenager out of bed. It's almost impossible. If you have teenagers, you know what I'm talking about. He made you much better. Don't go to sleep on me. I'll preach longer. (laughs) It's good to laugh. Amen. Who are dead in trespasses and sins. In which you, you once walked. According to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air. Who now the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience. Brothers and sisters, what that means is the devil is actively engaged in turning this world to him and not to God. You can expect conflict, okay? You can expect conflict. Can I, can I just tell you, any preacher who tells you you're going to go through life and everything's fine and you're good and all that is a liar. You can expect conflict. Don't be surprised when conflict comes. I know I said the word liar and I meant it. I said what I said. Verse 3, among whom also we all once conducted ourselves in the lust of the flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath just as they are. Don't go to the next verse yet. Hold it right there. See, we used to walk that path, didn't we? We used, to, we used to go the way to the devil. We used to walk in our flesh. We used to walk in those things. And some of you are still doing that. We would walk in that way and, and we would fulfill the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the lust of the mind. We would do those things. And the next verse, he starts out, he says, what's that word? But God. Woo! Let's go back to verse three. Let's try that one more time. I'm going to get this through you guys if I have to kill me. (laughs) Or do another dance. Is that what you guys want? You want me to dance again? I can break dance. If you haven't seen the video, I can do it. (laughs) Among whom also we all once conducted ourselves in the lust of the flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, just as the others. Verse 4, but God! Woo! But God, in other words, I was going this way. I was going into deep despair and things were going on in my life. But all of a sudden, God came into my life. He turned my life around. Praise God. He changed me. He changed me. Now, see, the thing is, if you really want God to move in your life, then you got to be willing to give up those things that are hurting you. Don't come to me crying because you're struggling. You're still living your old sinful ways. Don't come to me like that. Now, if you're trying and you're doing everything, I've seen people living in sin and come to the altar and pray and seek God, and God has delivered them. Amen? I, you can come to me like that, and I'll pray with you. I'm ready to pray with you. But alone, let's be serious about this. Let's stop flirting with God, and let's get real with God. Amen? We need to step away from the sin. We need to step away from those things that hurt us. Amen? Stop sinning. And then you can say, but God, who is rich in mercy because of his great love 
with which Man, somebody needs to hear that. His great love in which he loved us. See, some of you struggle with that because you think you're unlovable. There's nobody in this room right now that is unlovable. You are loved. From the drunk to the homosexual, to the drug addict, to the Pharisee. You're loved by God. All of you. You're loved. Do you, do you know what it feels like to be genuinely loved? A long time ago, I went through a relationship that was very hurtful, very damaging. Caused me to go into a deep depression. I didn't think I was going to make it. This relationship caused me to be alone. There was betrayal involved. And I remember feeling that there's no way anybody can love these damaged goods, that's me. And I can remember thinking to myself, what if I just ended it all? Yeah, pastor has a history. I can remember sitting on my bed wondering where God was and why did I go through all that? Because someone who said they loved me really didn't. And I began to question love. I began to question everything. And then God spoke to me one night. I'll never forget this. He spoke to me. He says, I am your love. I said, well, God, if you're my love, then why did you allow this to happen to me? And then he spoke to me again. He said, because that was not my love. That was not my love. That wasn't from me. See, people make choices in their life, don't they? And sometimes their choices hurt you. About a year later, I was sitting in church up in Anchorage, and this beautiful young woman had come up and introduced herself to me. She says, hi, I'm Jenny. What's your name? And I left. I literally walked away from her because I was scared. I, 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 all of a sudden, I felt something, and I, was, I didn't want that. I was like, this is scary because she's pretty. And she said, hey to me. And I remember I looked at her again, and she had like four kids with her. And I thought, well, you know, maybe she's married. I didn't know. And kind of find out there were her nieces and nephew. I mean, I just, we were working through all those things. And I, I tried, I said, okay, well, let's, let's, let's go out. And I took her to a movie. I know a movie, but I did. And I watched her talk to me and I watched her relationship with God. And I watched how she treated me. 
And I said, hey, can we go out again this Tuesday night? And she looked at me. She says, no. And I thought, oh, man, that's terrible. And she said, how about Thursday instead? We're back at action. And I remember a few days later, the Lord spoke to me and he goes, this is my love. See, for those of you who have been in bad relationships, you don't think that you can be loved. But my wife, the woman that I married, the love of my life, loved me despite things that have happened to me. She loved me. And out of the fruit of that love, we now have children. See, when God comes into your life, not only does he restore, he blesses. Come on, everybody hearing me this morning? When God delivers you, he blesses you. And he restores you. What are you struggling with today? What are you struggling with? You got to get to a point where you're tired of carrying that baggage. You got to get to a point where you're saying it's time to let go. It's time. Stand with me. Do not ever ask me to do the cheerleader thing ever again. See this? Every day, every Sunday, I try to put some water here for me to drink. But unless I physically take this bottle, open it up, and pour it in my mouth, it does nothing. You could try to force me to drink the water. Randy could come up here and try to shove it down my throat, but that'll drown me. Right? So what I've done is I've laid the banquet in front of you. Now you have to decide whether you want to eat. Amen? Close your eyes, please. How many are willing to say, Pastor, that's me? I'm struggling. I need God in my life. I want you to get out of your seat right now. I want you to get out because you have to do things publicly. That's the way God does it. He died publicly for us. So if that's you, I want you to step out of your seat right now and make your way to this altar. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Don't wait. Don't look at anybody else. Come. Come on. Come on. Let God deliver you this morning. There's going to be signs and wonders this morning. God's going to do something. Amen. Thank you for listening to our service. Be sure to catch the video edition of this on either YouTube or Facebook Live. Again, if you need prayer, contact us at 907-789-9000.
3605. May God richly bless you in all things.